3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Rise and Run podcast. And Mom said she thought we'd never make it past Episode 3. What does she know, right? We have got. We think we've got a special show for you today. We're going to spend a good part of it talking with our friend Jonathan from Haifa, Israel. And Jonathan ran his first New York City Marathon here early in November. Same day as Wine and Dine, I'm, I believe. Same day as the Wine and Dine half. Jonathan's got some great stories about that, so I hope you'll stay with us and look forward to hearing that abbreviated crew with us today, guys. I am here today with John. Hello. And Alicia. Hey. Well, we get closer and closer to uh, Marathon Weekend. And as my grandmother used to be fond of saying, do you notice how the days are getting shorter? And I always thought, no, there's still 24 hours. But I notice how the amount of light we have is getting shorter. It's getting really bad up here in Minnesota. Yeah, I'll it's bet getting it is. dark We're... super, super early. I think by like five o'clock, it's getting dark. I feel like I shut the blinds then. And oh, yeah. I'll bet it is. <laughs> I'll bet it is getting dark by five o'clock. Even uh, even North Jersey, where John is, I suspect, is getting dark pretty early. Yes, it does. It's not too bad down here. We've got daylight till six p.m. The sun comes up about 6.45 and got daylight till about 6 p.m. I did live in Alaska for a while. That was interesting. But that would be another story. <laughs> I live <laughs> south of the Arctic Circle. We got we saw the sun every day. But there are times where we didn't see it for very long. But you go to work in the dark, you come home in the dark, eat lunch in the dark. That's just the way it is. But speaking of shorter daylight hours... Guys, how are you finding time to get these training runs in, especially the long ones, when you're dealing with less daylight? I just think you got to get out there as early in the morning as possible and just go. Because for me, the longer I wait, the more excuses you find to procrastinate that uh, that run in the middle of the day. I agree. I I will wait until the sun is up some, and then I'll go out. I have a tendency to not watch where I'm going, and I haven't found anything that if I were to go out in the dark, that I wouldn't trip on stuff. But maybe you guys have some things that would help. Alicia, you have to watch where you're going. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard to watch where you're going straight and the ground at the same time when it's dark outside. Well, you got to, I would think that some of the time you've got to deal with uh, weather and maybe even snow on the ground, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't have that problem. I figured out the snow for the most part, unless it's like measurable snow. I have these things called yak tracks that you put on the bottom of your shoes that can mm-hmm. go um, on the ice in the snow. They're kind of hard to run in for long distances, but short runs, that works. Yeah, 
Haven't had to do that yet this year, which is good. No, I wouldn't think so. I think that's probably a January, February thing. I, I mean, I'm at a real advantage here. The tough time for us to run is the summer. The uh, the winters are great. In fact, a lot of times, I'll even, I'm such a baby, I'll even wait until it's maybe 9 or 10 o'clock and the temperature breaks 60 and then I go out. So I don't have that problem with daylight down here. When I was in Alabama, I would get up and run in the dark sometimes, though. And you got to be careful. You take any extra safety precautions for running in the dark? Yeah. Uh, I got one of those uh, Knox vests. Knox gear, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're they pretty good. And I also got one of those headlights because, mm-hmm. you know, running at night, or, or I do it early morning usually, uh, potholes. Oh, jeez, yeah. 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 If you're listening to us, please, if you're running in the dark, make sure you have something that cars can see you. I have a neighbor who likes to go out around 930 at night, no matter what time of the year it is. And she wears completely black clothes, nothing, no headlamp, nothing. And I've almost hit her before. So please be careful. I see people doing that here too. And even though we have sidewalks in the neighborhood, they walk in the street. Yeah. At least this is a pretty quiet neighborhood. So traffic's going by pretty slowly. But yeah, John Knox gear. I I bought a Knox gear vest. Golly, I guess 2017 or so. And the first day I wore it, Sun had come up, but there was a heavy fog. This was in South Alabama. I probably, you talk about putting something to the test. I probably wouldn't have gone without it. The fog was that thick. The visibility was that bad. But uh, I had it on. You can change it. I think a lot of people have seen at least uh, advertisements for these things. They're a, an LED strap that fits on you like a vest. It goes over your shoulders around your waist, and there's a reflective belt around your waist, and you can adjust the colors of the LED. You can even set it to flash. I've not done that while running, but I had that thing set to a bright color. I'm out in the fog, and here comes a fellow in a pickup truck, and as he gets close to me, he slows down, turns out to be a neighbor, and he says to me, Bob, I could see you from half a mile away with that thing. So, I mean, first day I wore it, I was sold. And lest you have any doubt, we have no sponsorship on this podcast. So that's just an honest opinion of the Knox gear vests. The the other thing that's really good around me is uh, the one park they have a uh, at the track. They have uh, portable lighting, generated lighting. So, uh, oh, okay. so you could turn them on. That's good. That's good because you can still run, you know, after work. If you got to go after work on the track. There's some running there. The I think the bottom line is here that uh, we've talked about it before. The training conditions are getting more difficult in most of the country. Do what you have to do to do things safely. Make yourself visible and just be safe out there. Changing subjects just a little bit. We got another April surprise this week. Registration time has changed for the runs that weekend. Instead of what had become the standard 10 a.m. Eastern time, those races are going to register at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Anybody want to guess why? Because I sure don't know. Not sure. Not sure, because it's still interesting. Uh, Platinum gold registration is at 10, and the virtual is at 10. 
It's just yeah. the general registrations two o'clock. I, I wondered if it was to accommodate different time zones, either west or east, but that doesn't seem terribly logical in either case. I don't, I mean, if you leave it at 10, folks on the west coast are registering at 7 a.m., which is not crazy early. I'll tell you who it's for it's for all the runners in Hawaii. They don't have to register at 5 a.m. anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's it. I don't know. Anyway, just if you're planning to register register for those runs, please be advised that uh, the times have changed. I think we're going to jump early and head into the race report. Let's look at who's running this weekend. Bonnie is running a Ragnar. Now, I should have contacted Bonnie. I'll, I'll check with her later on get more details. This is at a state park in Florida, and I'm not sure how many are on her Ragnar team, but that's the first one of those I've seen on our upcoming runs file. The OUC Half Marathon is this Sunday. That's a big event in Orlando, Florida. I've never been over to it, but we've got three folks running. We've got Lara, Nelia, or Nelia. I haven't met you, Nelia, So if I'm butchering that and you're listening, please go on to the Facebook page and yell at me appropriately. (laughs) And Shannon, Shannon's been doing a bunch of runs too. Uh, Shannon's going to be in Orlando for that, for the OUC half, December 4th. The Candyland Christmas half in Andalusia, Alabama. Christina is going to be there. That's actually my old neck of the woods. I used to live about, Enterprise, Christina Christina knows where Enterprise is. It's about 60 miles east of Andalusia. They have a little Christmas town set up there. I never got over to do that race. I think it's a relatively new thing the last three, four years. But I know they had it before I left, and I never got over there for it. So I hope it's fun. On this week's race report, we are honored to have with us Jonathan from Haifa, Israel. It's so cool, Jonathan, having you here. I'm looking on my screen. I see you. I see John in Jersey. I see Lexi down in New Orleans. Alicia, her camera's not working, but she's with us. We're all together. It's like we're all in the same room. It's really a lot of fun. Welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Hi. I think we have about uh, three or four different time zones between us. Oh, yeah, we do. And and by quite a bit. I appreciate you. It's, uh, it's in the evening in Israel. I appreciate you making time for us. Hey, we want to talk about, we've been... Uh, having folks talk about the majors, we've covered three of them so far, uh, Chicago, Berlin, and Boston. And today, we're going to cover New York. Jonathan ran the New York City Marathon a couple weeks ago. Jonathan, how did you get in? How did you decide to run New York? And, and what was the process? How did you get into it? New York Road Runners uh, introduced about three years ago. Yes, I think it was in 2018 a new method to get in uh, to the race. They have several places uh, for virtual runners. Uh, If you do the uh, current year virtual marathon, you get a guaranteed entry to next year marathon. Okay. Uh, So what I did was the 2019 uh, virtual marathon, and uh, then I was supposed uh, to run in 2020. Right. Uh, which, of course, didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't we know what happen. happened there. Yeah. Yeah. They have, 
a small amount of places. I think they uh, in 2019, they had about 500 places for virtual runners. Uh, so you do have to uh, follow the website in order to see when registrations open. And it's like wine and, di wine and dine in its uh, best years uh, when you have to be online uh, exactly at the moment that registration open and then uh, uh, have their version of the spinning wheel and uh, oh, uh, cross okay. your fingers that uh, you will get in. But uh, I, I succeeded in getting in and then I was in good form and my training went well. Uh, and I decided that it's a good idea to try and get the uh, registration for uh, for the New York City Marathon uh, because it's probably the easiest way, uh, easy way easiest way to guarantee an entry to the marathon. You don't need to be fast and you don't need to wait on lottery results. And then, of course, uh, I had... 2020 planned <laughs> planned out i actually had a very tough time adjusting to adjusting my training when the pandemic hit and the star wars marathon a uh, half marathon was cancelled i had a very tough time and we had uh, lockdowns and 100 meters rules yeah 500 meters rules yeah i remember you i remember you posting online about some of your runs where you couldn't go more than 500 meters from your home so you just went back and forth and back and forth eventually i got used to the 500 meters because it's it, it's a very good training route uh, from my house it has a, a little incline and then oh. downhill a little bit when you're on your way back uh, but it got uh, uh, it took me time to get used to it, and then in October when it finally hit me that uh, the New York Marathon is not going to happen, I think that in October 2020 I logged about uh, three miles the whole month. I, I caught myself in the beginning of 2021 and started. Uh, uh, training a little bit uh, more, and uh, and and eventually I caught up with the training. I think I uh, I followed the Galloway's uh, training plan, and uh, I did it. I followed it almost completely. Good towards towards the marathon. Uh, I I will jump to another uh, topic and say that. I find the Galloway's program amazing. It's yeah, it's like too. a puzzle. When you are doing the training, it's like a one thousand pieces puzzle, uh, and you don't understand how it will, how will everything will come out when you are doing the walking. I've heard on the previous podcast that you talked about what to do on the days where the program said to walk, and I also I, I walk the days that it says to yeah. walk. And uh, and you are not sure that it will uh, that it will work as you are planning, and then in race day it worked completely. To do, I, I think I, I I thought about I planned on running a five thirty hours marathon, and my watch logged about 
a few minutes less than 5.30 and the official time was a few moments more than 5.30. And it was... Uh, and I even slowed down in the... Uh, did more walking in the second half of the marathon because it felt very good. So the program works. Yeah, program does work, doesn't it? It's, it's remarkable. Well, let's talk a little bit about the marathon itself. Uh, well, first of all, was this your first time in New York City? Uh, not the first time in New York City, although I've been to New York City about five or six years ago, okay. the last time. But it was, of course, the first time that uh, I did a marathon and any run sure. in uh, uh, New York City. And I must say that I don't, I can't compare uh, this year's marathon to previous years or to other major marathons because I didn't do any of them. Uh, but the experience is fantastic. It's, uh, I, I think that uh, only my mother now agrees to hear me talking about the marathon. I think. <laughs> Wait a minute, we want to hear it. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. It's been exactly tomorrow to be two weeks since the run itself. And I haven't talked about anything else uh, for the last two weeks. And I think it, it, it's an amazing experience. And if anyone has a chance to run the New York City Marathon, it's something that should be done. Um, it's, it's different than the the run disney races and but but it's it's amazing i was just wondering because i know the u.s travel ban wasn't officially lifted before the marathon it was this whole big thing on facebook um and i'm sure a bunch of listeners are wondering how you got from israel to the u.s can you talk a little bit about that actually it's very easy uh, as bob can uh, can testify i think i've met him uh, three times so far, and three of them were after the pandemic. We met at uh, Disney World. The only country that allowed travel from and to Israel throughout the pandemic, we had daily flights. United flew daily flights from uh, Tel Aviv to New York uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, so not even one day without flights to New York. Wow. I think it was mutual. I, I think that was the way with the U.S. too. I, I think Israel was the only country that people were coming in and out of. I have photos that the first time I flew after the pandemic was to, to Disney World in August uh, 2020. And I have photos of the, uh, of the three airports in uh, Israel, in uh, JFK in New York, and in Orlando, and they're all empty. Yeah, right. Not a soul, just the... It took me about the check-in in August to... At the airport in Israel, took me 15 minutes from the, from the moment I, <laughs> I left my car at the parking uh, to the moment I was at the gate. And then I had two hours of doing nothing near the gate because uh, I planned of arriving early. You know what you're reminding me of? You're reminding me of when Disney World opened right after the pandemic and you'd go in and there'd be no lines for anything. And uh, those days are gone. I yeah, exactly. you, I, gone. I did flight of passage with no line at all. Oh, right. And then I just walked right in 
And then when I got off, they said, okay, you want to do it again? We have no people in line. So I think it's the only time that you could do flight of passage back to back. Uh, yeah. The only thing we have to do is uh, to do a PCR test before flying 72 hours, up to 72 hours uh, before flying uh, into the United States. And uh, uh, we have to do a PCR test uh, flying back to, to Israel. I don't remember because I know a lot of the majors had very specific rules about vaccination or PCR tests. What was the New York City Marathon rule? Okay, so uh, I will explain. First of all, I have to say that New York is very easy for doing a PCR test. They have mobile mobile vans at almost every street uh, in New York. Uh, you do the test, there are almost no lines uh, unless it's the middle of the day and you are in Times Square. But if you do it anywhere else, uh, there'll be no lines. And by the and it's a no-cost test. Orlando is very different. Uh, the cost of a PCR test in Orlando is above $100. Ooh. There is uh, no cost and uh, you get, uh, all the vents, they just, the, the evening, when they close up, they uh, drive to the lab. Uh, and by the morning, when you wake up, you have your results. Uh, so it's very easy to do the test. What New York as a city has uh, in indoor places uh, requires a vaccination card. Uh, so, for example, if you want to get into the expo, uh, you need to show your vaccination card. If you don't have, a, if you're not vaccinated, you can still run. They didn't require neither a vaccination nor a PCR test for the run itself. Uh, but you just have to do a capsize pickup of your uh, oh. bib and uh, you couldn't get into the expo. You had to do it all outside. Okay. Yes. I understand. And the other thing they require is masks in indoor places. So it's the expo, of course. And uh, uh, you wear your masks at the starting area up till the moment that you are uh, in the cars themselves. Okay. When you reach the... Uh, finish line, you get in your kit, in your bag, you get uh, an extra mask to wear after the finish line. Jonathan, let's get back to the race itself a little bit. Okay. Okay. You started to talk about it. How, how was the course? I, I'll, I'll go a bit. Uh, I'll talk about something else before the race. Okay. Uh, they have, uh, I arrived actually in New York, I arrived on Thursday morning. I highly recommend if you arrive a few days earlier, and you should arrive a few days earlier, take a run or a walk in Central Park. Mm -hmm. It's my uh, Strava feed was full of uh, <laughs> elite runners doing the training run in Central Park. You you yeah. just you go for a run, you see Molly Seidel and Shalane Flanagan. Oh, you always see on TV. Yeah. So, uh, of course, they'll pass you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the speed of light, but you will see it, it's 
actually it's in, 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 intimidating uh, because you look around and say, what am I doing here? It's, uh, it, it's not, uh, uh, I remember that the, <laughs> I thought, I hope that I won't be last and I hope I won't be one of the, I won't be on the course after they take off the, after they close the course and take off the roadblocks, uh, etc. because it's, it's amazing. And they also have uh, the day before the marathon on Saturday, they have a 5K that is called the Abbott Dash to the finish line. It's highly recommended. You ran that, correct? Yeah, I ran that also. You ran uh, it pretty fast too. Yeah, uh, that was uh, because it's the adrenaline yeah, right. taking you the whole course. You started the UN building, and then you run on 42nd Street, up on 6th Avenue, and then to Central Park. And I did it in 26 minutes, which was my fastest uh, 5K. I thought so. I thought it was 26 minutes. That's smoking, man. That's outstanding. My previous uh, uh, 5K PR was uh, actually at Castaway K uh, about eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was 28 minutes. So two minutes off. That's really cool. It's an excellent event. And I highly recommend that if you do the, uh, if you do the marathon, just add the 5K the day before. Eh, what's another three miles, right? Yeah. It's just a warm-up. For Disney runners, you do a half marathon the day before the marathon. <laughs> That's so right. What's a That's 5K? Right. That's nothing to us. Uh, just a few more things that were, uh, were added uh, due to COVID. You have to reserve your spot at the expo so that not all the 20-something thousand runners will come at the same time. And you have to reserve your spot at the transportation to the start line. If you mm -hmm. are going with a ferry, you have to reserve the spot at the ferry. You're going with a bus, you have to reserve the spot at the bus. And also bag check-in, if you want to check in a bag, is done the day before the race at Central Park. Uh, so you can't bring the bag with you and uh, oh, okay. and leave it at the starting line. If you choose a hotel, choose one that is near Central Park. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> yes, but then you have to uh, factor in uh, a long time for the transportation to the starting uh, line uh, because you take the underground to the ferry, uh, then the ferry, and then you have a shuttle, a bus that will take you from the ferry to the starting point. You have to take into account, it takes about two, one and a half to two hours just to get from the from Manhattan to the uh, starting uh, starting line. I guess that made it good that they made the start time later this year because <laughs> you could sleep a little bit more. Yeah, and it's, of course, the same as the half marathon in Wine and Dine. We had, uh, due to daylight uh, saving time, we had <laughs> one more hour yeah, to, right. to sleep. We started at, uh, I started at 12 o'clock. Actually, it was just just a little bit after the winners won the race so i saw the <laughs> i saw the winners finishing 
uh, on the big screens at uh, the starting line, and then I walk to my car. Well, that's pretty neat. That's yeah, really so, cool. They didn't give you a chance, though, man. That's not fair. You, they finished before you. Th- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I always hear about the crowd in New York City. The crowd's supposed to be tremendous. Yes, uh, the crowd was amazing. Uh, as as you said, I'm coming from Israel, and in Israel, the crowds are very different. Uh, the biggest city in Israel is Tel Aviv. We have two major races uh, in Tel Aviv. We have a night run of 10K and a marathon in February. And you see people on the streets, uh, but it's not the same thing. Uh, people won't stand for hours uh, cheering for strangers, and people won't stand f- through the whole course. Uh, and in New York, well, I felt it also with uh, when running the marathon in Disney, but in New York, you will see crowds through the whole race. Uh, except on the bridges, you will see uh, crowds throughout the whole race, people cheering. It's very helpful uh, yeah. when you are on the course. Uh, they will hand out everything from oh, yeah. from tissue papers to chocolate to whatever you want. You will find it somewhere along the course. Uh, <laughs> tissue that's, paper that's is great. the first time I've seen tissue papers, and it's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <In the> weather. <laughs> it's it's life saving. It's uh, the, the crowd was fantastic i think that uh, it it made it made me very emotional throughout That's, the race yeah because, i can understand uh, that yeah anything stand out any moments stand out for you obviously manhattan when you cross the queensboro bridge with mm-hmm. the very tiresome it's not very it's not going uphill so much but it's a long bridge. I think it's... Uh, and that's towards the beginning of the race, right? No, the, the, that's the one crossing to Manhattan. Ah. The first one, the beginning of the race, you start at Staten Island. You run about uh, 100 meters in Staten Island. And then uh, you, you, you cross off the first borough uh, right. out of five. Um and then Brooklyn never ends. Uh, <laughs> you look, wait, I'm still in Brooklyn? Uh, <laughs> for the first two hours of the race, you say, wait, I'm still in Brooklyn. Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, the, the first bridge is the Verrazano Bridge. Uh, it's a two miles bridge. And uh, it's one mile uphill. And then, of course, you have uh, uh, you go down for the for That's the right. other half. But it's not that difficult because it's the beginning of the race. There you go. If it was at the end, it's probably we are very tiresome. But it's in the beginning of the race, and uh, I didn't feel I didn't feel as though it's hard. There are two more bridges. The Queensboro is is tiresome, uh, especially. Not so much 
because it goes up uh, uphill, but uh, because of its locations, uh, it's a little bit, it's around 25k kilometers. I'm sorry that I'm not talking in miles. It's about 15 miles. That's about 15 miles, right. Yeah, 15 miles into the race. And that's the, the point of the race that you are starting to get tired and oh, yeah. uh, things are not as uh, as simple as uh, as at the beginning. And the bridge goes forever. I think it's almost, uh, it, it's not as long as the Verrazano Bridge. It's not two miles, but it's, it's a long run. And then there is a short bridge crossing into Bronx, uh, which which did go uphill, but it's not very difficult. And uh, Central Park itself has more downhill than uphill, so oh, that's good. So if when you enter the park, it's you, you can feel the end. Yeah, you can feel the end. So, so when you enter Manhattan. It's it's absolutely amazing because there are thousands of people around. You run through First Avenue going towards Bronx and uh, the thousands of people. You get to Harlem and, and the Bronx. And then when you come back, there are also thousands of people uh, and it's absolutely amazing. It's it's the it's supposed to be the hardest part of the marathon, but you just look around at the crowds and where you're running, and it makes it way easier. Gives you a little extra energy, huh? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it also helps that the streets are numbered. You know exactly oh, yeah, right. how many Count streets off. Yeah. you still have to go. I counted. I counted every street from the going from the Bronx to to the finish line. <laughs> Thirty more streets to go. Twenty more streets. Right, to like go. a checklist, right? Yeah. Um, and the finish line is just wanted to say they have. A, you need to pay for the photos for the race. Uh, the New York Roadrunners are exactly like Disney. If you want something, you have to pay for it. <laughs> uh, so you have to pay for the photos, but it's worth it. You you get lots of photos, and they do a very nice uh, video of you crossing the oh, nice. finish line. Uh, they do a video at uh, forty kilometers, and then video and then uh, uh, crossing the finish line at, and. Uh, it's very good, very, very good and very nice editing uh, was the money. And then when you reach the finish line, it's, uh, I, I think I felt very, very emotional because everything falls into place. Uh, I, I really didn't believe that uh, I... When I first thought about running the marathon, I thought I would aim for a five hours marathon. And uh, then because uh, it was my first race, I aimed for 5.30. And I didn't believe until I was about halfway in through the race that I would be able to, to do what I planned. And you finish the race and you look at the watch 
and every every moment was exactly as planned and it's such a great feeling oh, yeah. i i ran with the pacing bracelet uh, okay. on my arm and every checkpoint was exactly as planned and congratulations such a great feeling it is that's that's a hard thing to do yeah and the only downside is you don't get cheese and you don't get the <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> you get new york pizza afterwards i think the first race the the, the about the the 5k you got an apple because it's an it's new york the big apple but the finish line at the marathon is if you're expecting the disney of a snacks box snack box <laughs> it's not the same thing I've got four of them in my room right now. I'll go. I'll go get one. <laughs> oh. you, you, you get uh, you get water. You get Powerade and some chocolate milk, but uh, that's about it. But you do get uh, the coolest poncho. Yeah. At the finish line, it was, uh, and they put it around you. So and they put the medal around uh, on your neck, and they. Uh, uh, put the poncho, help you close the poncho. Uh, I think it's the only race that uh, gives uh, such a poncho. Yeah, I, I think that's unique. I, I think that's true. And I've seen pictures. They look very nice. I post some photos uh, on the webs on the Facebook group. Yeah. And then the day after the race, they have... Uh, uh, you can get your medal engraved, by the way. If you fly with United uh, the day after, on Monday after the race, they do it for free uh, at the airport. Uh, okay. They do the medal engravement for free without the lines. Inside info. Very good. Uh, so, because they're one of the sponsors of the, of the race. If you, you can go, they have a, a nice uh, post-race uh, tent. Uh, on Monday after the race, you can get your medal engraved. Uh, they have a stre- free. St- the only thing that was free is free stretching classes. Uh, <laughs> okay, which was very nice. And of course, there uh, it's another opportunity to buy all the finisher uh, uh, merchandise. But by the way, the I spent about the expo. Uh, I don't know how it was before the pandemic, but I found it to be great. Uh, it was uh, the expo was about 500 meters from my hotel, uh, so I thought I was supposed to be there at 9 a.m. on Friday, and I thought, well, I'll be at the, back at the hotel by 10 a.m. or something like this. I spent about four hours at the oh. expo going through wow. the merchandise and uh, buying all sorts of uh, stupid stuff <laughs> and taking a lot of uh, photos. I even bought, they have the New Balance, which is the another sponsor of the New York Marathon, uh, have uh, they have a special edition of the of shoes uh, for the marathon? I was 
tempted uh, well I eventually I bought uh, a pair expo uh, I didn't run the marathon with them but I ran the 5k okay. with them and they're very good shoes uh, I'm usually a Nike fan uh, but uh, they are very good running shoes that's the oh, yeah. your cell RC elite and uh, they have a carbon plate and And they're very good uh, very good running shoes you know new balance used to do that for Disney but they stopped uh, back in 17 I think they stopped making shoes for the they'd make them for the whole season and they have a big big place in the Expo but they don't do that anymore ten years from now if you could look back and have like one snapshot of like whenever somebody asks you about the New York City Marathon this is what you think of What would it be running through Central Park is unparalleled because it's it's a place I usually see in movies and uh, TV series and I see pe- people saying well I ran through Central Park while I'm running in an unnamed street in <laughs> near my house it's always uh, something to dream of. Uh, I've been to New York and I've been to Central Park but it's the first time uh, I've ran through it that's unparalleled and also but 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 I think the whole run through Manhattan throughout Manhattan is 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 as absolutely because you look to your right and you see famous buildings and uh, you look to your left and uh, You see places that you know real real runners run and uh, so you you almost feel like you're a real runner uh, you're a real runner yeah I know, I know saying, but though. the day before the race I saw two uh, Kenyan runners <laughs> running through uh, Central Park and uh, What they do in uh, pre-race training is something that I can't run if an, even if I, for 100 meters, even if I try very hard. When you run through Central Park, it's like it's the real thing. It's the real deal. It's very intimidating before you run the race, but uh, when, you, when you are at the end of the it's, it's I think you enter, Central Park at around 37 kilometers it's the last 5k the last three miles of the of the run and you know you're at the end and it's and then to the, you run uh, southward in Central Park and you exit and to Fifth Avenue and then you run on 59th Street You pass Fifth Avenue, Sixth Avenue, and it's absolutely amazing. I'm running New York next year. So um, if you could tell someone who's running New York one thing to remember or to savor or whatever, what would it be? The good thing I did that I didn't do in, uh, when I did Dopey uh, was to pace myself before the race. Uh, not walk too much. Uh, New York is very tempting as Disney, by the way. 
to eat too much. It's very tempting to walk too much. I did all my sightseeing after the race. You took Mickey with you too, didn't you? He went even to the <laughs> Metropolitan. I paced myself. I didn't uh, stay up too late. So first thing is, is it really helps because I felt it's much easier to do uh, to to wake up. You feel uh, much less intimidated uh, uh, by the race. And the other thing is, I know that New York is not the fastest marathon there is. It has uh, uh, so although I did. I, I did my personal best on every distance this uh, during the we- the weekend, but but that's because my uh, personal best has a lot to Im- a lot to improve. But don't aim for personal best, of course, unless of course you know uh, you are you did some fabulous training and uh, you feel great. But I, 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 there's this so much to see around you. Uh, the streets, the the people, the sights. It, it, it's a pity. Uh, Bob always says that uh, when you reach, when you're doing the marathon in uh, uh, Disney and you reach Main Street, uh, you're always telling to yourself, "Why am I running it so fast?" And it's the same thing. You sometimes it, it's easy to forget to look around you, and and you shouldn't. Uh, even if it means that it just sounds like you had a great time. ten minutes or fifteen minutes to your time, uh, just take the time to look around. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to win anyway, so you might as well uh, probably, yeah. probably this year. <laughs> Jonathan, that was awesome. We thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to see you here, my friend. Really good. I always enjoy chatting with you. I look forward to seeing you in January. Me too. That was a really fun interview with Jonathan. I really enjoyed hearing about another world major that we could all possibly get into sometime. It sounds like if you do the virtual, the next year you can get in for the actual marathon. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've got another Facebook friend, not part of the group, another Facebook friend who who just got his registration for next year. Like I think too, I think Pamela did that too. I think so. I think Pamela did the virtual and she got uh, alive for 2022. And I know my Facebook friend, Sean did, did the virtual, got alive for 2022. I, I enjoy talking with Jonathan. I like, as he said in the interview there, I've seen him a couple of times in Disney world during the pandemic. In fact, I first met him, gosh, it was probably in May or June when he was traveling over here, and I was, I was in the boot, and we never met one another before. And Jonathan says, "How will I know you?" I said, "Jonathan, I'm 67 years old. I'm six feet five inches tall, and I'm wearing a boot on my left leg. Odds are I'll be the only one like that." So we didn't have any trouble finding one another. And uh, we we sat down, and I thought we were just going to say hi. My wife Becky was with us. We ended up talking for golly, at least an hour, just sat there at, uh, oh, in the English area next to, what's the English restaurant? Uh, why is it? Rosencrown. Rosencrown. Rosencrown, thank you. Yeah. 
yeah, we sat out there on a nice, uh, it was warm, but it wasn't too bad. And I see him twice since. So good guy. I look forward to seeing him, seeing him in January. So going back to New York city, uh, the, they just announced last week, the New York city half marathon in March will be at full capacity. So that's okay. a good sign for everybody. That's going to try to get in the lottery for, uh, the New York city marathon in 2020, 2022. Sorry. Yeah, it is a good sign, John. I'm glad to see that coming back. That's great. Well, guys, that's it for this week's episode of the Rise and Run podcast. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Make a comment for us in the Facebook group, Rise and Run podcast Facebook group page. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if you've got any upcoming running events or anything you'd like us to talk about. So if you like our podcast, go out there and uh, tell your friends, tell them to subscribe, and uh, we can get us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and most podcast services. Like I say, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, we enjoy doing it. We hope you enjoy listening. And, and we are free, not sold. <laughs> I think on that, we'll wrap it up. Talk to you next week, friends. Happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer. <laughs>